Thanks for joining us on Cruising with Doris Visits, the second podcast. Is that Christmas music? Yes. It's not Christmas, Jim. I know, Jim, but the Caribbean season's begun and Strictly started. Oh, Strictly was the best cruise we ever did. I agree. Great shows. Darren Day, he's amazing. We also had that nasty Mr. Craig Revel Horwood. I thought next week was a Halloween show. <laughs> yes, and also there were costumes on mannequins all over the ship. And I had done Dance lessons with Jeanette. Cha cha right back. Cha 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 left, right. Cha cha right left. Cha cha cha. Good. From here, we're not going to go into back place like we did yesterday. We're going to go straight into gymnastics break. <laughs> that dance floor was pretty packed. It was. You'll see from the Doris visits Britannia ship tour film that Jean got herself right to the front. <laughs> but great acts. And a great lecturer. Now I come to think of it, why were you lecturing on a Strictly cruise? Because I had done pop videos throughout the mid-80s with Arlene Phillips and Bruno. My stunt and gymnastics team worked with their dancers on things like Wild Boys. Oh, yes. So have I got it right then on any themed cruise, the acts change over at ports mid-cruise? It's called hot bedding. On our Strictly one, there are a couple of dancers on for the first week. They did the chat and the Q&A, the meet and greet, and a magnificent dance demonstration. Then, after they've done that, at the next port, just like the Cabaret Exchange, they change for a different dance couple, and you have that same up-close and personal experience all over again. I remember. The Britannia was perfect for it because it has that ballroom, the crystal room. A themed cruise really is the nearest up close and personal you can get with Strictly Come Dancing or whoever the theme cruise is about because they're on the ship with you day and night. We're all in the same boat. Boom. <laughs> that is as bad as one of David's jokes. Oh, talking of funny. While on the P&O Britannia, we met two brothers from Liverpool who were hilarious. Oh, yeah. OK, I remember. One had a balcony cabin and the other one splashed out on a butler suite. Now, neither went to see the other's cabin on principle. So as the cruise went on, the jokes and jibes got bigger and bigger and bigger. And by the end of the first week, well, they were really making our cruise. Yeah. Well, when we got to know them well enough, we persuaded Les, who had the standard cabin, to go up and see his big brother's suite. We got invited. Camera and sound rolling. So, Les and Patsy, how are you enjoying your holiday? We're having a great time. It's been a great itinerary. And our cabin, we love it, and it's very, very comfortable indeed. So this is a standard P&O cabin on D-deck with a lovely balcony. Have you been out on the balcony much? We have. We use the balcony a lot. It's really nice, especially if you don't want to go up on deck. You can just take the sun on the balcony. Yeah, great. Really nice. And then we went with them to Alan and Sheila's cabin. Now, as you can imagine, Alan turned it on. The butler served a champagne and canapes. <laughs> so this is one of the largest suites on the ship. It's right at the front. It's got a gorgeous view. So every night you get canapes, you get ice, whatever drinks you order. That's my big brother's room, that is. <laughs> Les is not going to like this. His brother's got a bath. The toilet is accessible either from the bathroom or from the sitting room. Look at the length of this balcony. You get a double balcony. He's got a bigger bed than me. <laughs> <laughs> He's got two armchairs. You've got fantastic wardrobe space. And more and wardrobes than me. You've got drawer space. He's got more drawers than me. 
If four wardrobes is not enough, you've got another two here. Six wardrobes. He's got more sockets than me. <laughs> <laughs> Sheila and Alan, are you happy with your cabin? We love the cabin. It's excellent. Worth every penny. We love the butler service. Well done, P&L. It's been a very happy holiday. Um, lots of culture, lots of fun, lots of entertainment and excellent food. Do you remember when the Britannia was thought of as a big ship? That wasn't very long ago. No. The full Britannia passenger area tour we filmed is on the youtube.com slash Doris Visits channel. And the blog associated with this podcast is in the podcast section of dorisvisits.com and it has helpful films and links. We will do a Sunday morning podcast on which ship, big ship or small ship, how to cruise, how to choose your cruise. We are binging. Yeah, we're watching a great show on BBC Four. And you're loving your smart TV, aren't you? I am. And the ships are getting state-of-the-art TVs. The television on the Saga ship was impressive. So at home, we're downloading and watching State of Happiness. Power, profit and politics. It's like a Norwegian succession. A drama about the people of Stavanger and their rags-to-riches story. Stavanger was a small fishing village and in the 1970s it became an essential part of the oil boom. What were canning factories changed to become rig supply systems? It's a great story of how the lives of families are affected. And we're waiting for the third series. We are. Stavanger is a living museum. So when we saw the TV show set in the 70s, it was the village, the village you will visit if you go to Stavanger. Originally a fishing village, it's now the centre of Norway's oil and gas industry. You'll normally find at least two cruise ships parked here and luckily the tourist office is right next to the cruise ship. If you turn right just from where the ship stops, it's signposted Old Town. You'll come across the most beautiful village with windy cobby streets. The old town in Stavanger is said to be a living museum and is the largest collection of 18th century buildings in the whole of northwest Europe. This is a canning museum in the old town and every Tuesday and Thursday from June to August they smoke grizzlings here and you can taste them. Is this a good look? I'm told it often rains in Norway. We're lucky today though. Museum dates from 1880 to 1930 and it's very interesting and worth a look. This was originally a working class area and the houses were painted white in the 19th century. Here's an example of a worker's cottage. This is really interesting. Come have a look. The cottage is laid out brilliantly meticulous in every detail. You can just imagine a family living here. This cottage is free to roam around. They make their money from the cafe downstairs where you can buy fresh waffles. So worth a visit. And only a stone's throw from where the ship docks. Look at this tiny little bedroom. This is the child's room. So well kept. The TV calls it a chapel town and it's very religious. In fact, if you arrive in Stavanger on a Sunday, almost everything is closed. <laughs> yeah, the tourist office did say to me one time, you're welcome to join the service in our church. I bet they celebrate Christmas in style. I'd love to go. Now, the series State of Happiness is on BBC Four. It's in Norwegian and English, but 
easy to watch and you'll soon become accustomed to the subtitles. Stavanger is on most Fjord cruises and you can find our film on Stavanger on our website, dorisvisits.com, with other Fjord ports like Bergen and Flom. We got our October badge from YouTube and it's rising. October was 35,000 views. Before the shutdown, we were getting 100,000 views a month and it dropped to almost nothing. So cruising is on the way back. YouTube has many TV shows, many you know and many you can't find anywhere else. It uploads more product each month than the BBC and ITV together have made in 30 years. So, you can't say there's nothing on TV. Please save the TV channel Cruise Doris Visits on your smart TV YouTuber. Port guides on YouTube, www.youtube.com slash at Doris Visits. This is not our Christmas show. That'll be on Christmas morning, but we are in pre-Christmas. And the Christmas market's open very soon. The dates are on the associated blog under podcasts in the menu on the dorisvisits.com website. Let's talk Christmas markets. Your favourite? Hamburg. Christmas markets cruise and we're starting in Hamburg and anyone who says that all Christmas markets are the same all I can say to you is Bar Hamburg The main centre of the Christmas market is right outside the town hall Just outside the main square there are satellite markets and the first one is by the church And the market wraps its way all around the church. It's like Harrods windows when I was a little girl. And another satellite market is at the lake. The price of the Glühwein muck is included with the Glühwein, so I had to drink six to get a set. Wow, look down here. Also on the Christmas market, the boats all lit prettily and you can hire them out. Want some chestnuts? So I have my glue vine, and now I'm eating my rum almonds, and they really taste of rum. I can't be responsible for what happens next. All in all, Hamburg Christmas Market is a real treat. They do it in style. And a tip. It doesn't get dark and in the swing till late afternoon. So if you are in Hamburg, spend the morning at Wonderland. But make sure you book first because it's very popular. As we booked online, we're going straight in, she says smugly. And the second thing is, I'll allow a lot of time. You can spend up to four hours here. Can the entrance of the other visitors please store your backpacks in the lockers or at the check Thanks. Oh, this is Switzerland's largest railway. The detail is quite incredible. You've got to look out for these little surprises. You press garden railway and a train goes around the garden, but you've got to look out for it. Look at this in the swimming pool. There's the Arctic Cathedral there. This lock is fully functional. And in it over there is an IADA cruise ship. And here's an airport. Look, departures and arrivals, telling you when the planes are going to take off. That is weird. Concord just took off and flew straight into a wall, although a hole opened up for it first, but it was really weird. That's the Room of Love in Venice. 
it's the most popular button to be pressed here. There's there's about 12 countries represented. It's fantastic. Wonderland is wonderful. <laughs> you know, it really is. I, I mean, you kind of think, oh, it's a model railway museum. I'm not going there. But it's absolutely amazing. And it will take a, four hours easily. It will take a whole morning. Yeah, and I hate model railways, but I love this. The next market on this morning's Doris Visits European Christmas Markets Cruise is Copenhagen. And you can spend the morning at Tivoli if you want fun or at Rosenberg Castle, a palace, if you're wanting something historic. Oh, try catching the changing of the guards. They're all shown on the blog that goes with this post. Three main areas. The square near where the shuttle bus drops you off. The market street up near the the other end, near the town hall where Tivoli is and in Nyhaven. The Christmas market in Copenhagen starts here by the canal in Nyhaven. There's a very different atmosphere here to Hamburg. It's more relaxed, it's colder, but it's still very Christmassy. Hi guys, we want to try some glug. We have free samples. Come and try free samples of glug. So these chocolate balls are filled with cream and they have different flavours like rum, caramel, peppermint. They look delicious. If you had one of these candles, you'd never light it. The Nyhaven Market stretches out and finishes up by the theatre and the Magazin du Nord. It really is nice to find a Christmas market where the stalls have some individuality and they're not just all the same wooden huts. It's a blacksmith making horseshoes. Actually, it's probably reindeer shoes. This Christmas market is right in the middle of the main shopping drag. So these polar bears look quite realistic, and I think it's cold enough for them as well. Christmas in the Caribbean has a very different feel. Christmas is hot with reggae music and rum punch. It's Christmas in Barbados. Not playing jingle bells, but it's a Caribbean Christmas. <laughs> Merry Christmas. So pretty. Christmas hats and a bikini. <laughs> Finally, to wrap up our Christmas markets piece, you get your snow that you asked for. We go to Oslo. I wish you a Merry Christmas. I wish you a Merry Christmas. That's a singing moose. I wish you a Merry Christmas. Winter Wonderland and the Christmas Market is right opposite the National Theatre and the Town Hall in the square here in Oslo. There's a very pretty walkway to get you to the children's section. And they have a great choir. A big thing here in Oslo is toffee apples. Great market, but Glühwein's three times the price of Hamburg and nuts are twice the price. What else does this time of the year mean? The Cliff Richard Christmas calendar. We won't get Cliff on a cruise ship. No, but we do get Jimmy Germain. He's more Cliff than Cliff, actually. (laughs) Hey, you played a trick on me with Jimmy. That was a long time ago. And my 40th. Yeah. In fact, that was so long ago, the pictures are in black and white. Yeah. Our grandchildren are the age our children were. Right. I'm going to dig out a picture of your 40th 
and I'm going to stick it on the uh, on the blog on the website. Oh no! Because what I did was I tricked you. I, I Jean has a cabaret act, or she had a cabaret with two other girls, three girls singing, and I booked them for a gig at a hall on her birthday. And of course her working is always more important than going out to dinner with me or doing anything with me and she decided that she would take the gig when she turned up she goes on stage all the lights are blaring in her eyes she does her 25 minutes or whatever it is then the lights go out and there's 250 of your friends you've not seen since school and whenever I know I was furious at first and then I announced Cliff Richard but it was Jimmy yes (laughs) Furious again, but he had a hilarious act, so that all made up for it. David, hello. What's your top ten tip this week? And no joke. Oh. Thanks, Stuart. On a cruise, sometimes it's good to stay in and order room service. Well, one day I decided to order pizza. I really would like a pizza, I said. Do you deliver? I wasn't expecting the chap's reply. He said, we do chicken, we do ham and pineapple, but we don't deliver. I still don't get what he meant. Anyway, here's a techie tip for your cruise. When you're at sea, to avoid unexpected expensive call charges by connecting to the maritime service, it's best to switch on aeroplane mode. What's maritime service, I hear you ask? Well, it's a mobile phone service that's available at sea. But it costs a fortune. Around £3 per minute to call and £1 per minute to receive a call. It's 50 pence to send one text. And data, well, that's £6 per megabyte. So sending that photograph on WhatsApp might cost you a tenner or more. So it's best to switch off data and switch into aeroplane mode. But if your ship offers free Wi-Fi, or if you buy the Wi-Fi package, did you know that you can still connect to the Wi-Fi with aeroplane mode on? Yep, once you press the button to switch on aeroplane mode, Press the Wi-Fi button to switch the Wi-Fi function back on. And that will allow you to connect to the ship's Wi-Fi without connecting to the expensive maritime data and phone service. Just make sure the aeroplane mode stays on while you're at sea so you don't accidentally rack up those bills for mobile data and phone calls. Well, I hope that tip is useful. And remember... Never ask for a liver pizza. Oh, now before we go, you've got a new book out. I have, I have. Uh, All my books are written to become movies. Obviously, I came from the movie industry. More Dan Brown than period drama. Yeah, precisely. Page Turner's Holiday Reads. Now, we've been doing a lot of screenplay development on the third book, which seems to be the one the filmmakers are liking to go first, which is odd because it's the third book. It's about three cruise ships circling the Mediterranean, literally going round and round and round throughout the whole season, and they're cleverly being used for human trafficking. 
A topic you've tackled before on screen for Mel Gibson's old company, Icon and Netflix. Yeah, that movie Freight has now moved from Netflix to Amazon Prime. And you won a few... Statues that are now in the downstairs toilet, which is where they'll stay. We did so much great movie development work on that book, which was called Laundry Wars, that it would have been criminal not to reflect that in the writing of a new book. Because it is a great story. A second draft. It's a complete new book, really, but the same story. It's called Cruise Traffic, and it came out on Kindle this weekend. So, because of this podcast and getting ready to cruise again, I'm a bit behind with the audiobook, but it will be out soon. So, if you're looking for stocking fillers... Start with Cruise Ship Heist and a T-shirt from our new onboard shop that we have on DorisVisits.com. We finish with Chapter 2 of A Cruise Ship Heist. And if you've been enjoying it and want to move on faster, there's a link on the blog. In Chapter 2, Kieran Phillips has arrived in South America, should disembark the plane, collect his baggage and join the ship. Sounds easy. Chapter 2. On my six. No one should be carrying a weapon, even though this is South America. They all went through security, except airline security can be a joke. Did you pack your own luggage? Are you carrying anything sharp? I only have a sharpened wooden pencil with which I could slay a vampire. The problem is, vampires don't exist, but pencils kill. Soldiers who've been trained to spot and deal with terrorists are being laid off from the forces and they can't get jobs back in the UK. No country ever wants their military back. They train them to kill, then don't know what to do with them. Many ex-soldiers would be better off getting refugee status than adding to the urban homeless on bended knee. I can't think of a more fitting description for them than refugee, a displaced person who has been forced to cross national boundaries and who cannot return home safely. The plane begins to empty, time to stand and join in. At a little over six feet tall, I've no problem sliding my suit bag out from the overhead compartment. The woman behind me is still biding her time, waiting and watching. I smile politely. I'm encouraging her to go first, but she's not moving. I don't like anyone on my six. It appears neither of us feel comfortable with somebody behind us. To lose her, I cross the two empty middle seats and become the last in the queue on the other side of the plane. She's tall standing up has a short-sleeve white shirt, easy skirt cut just below the knee, and flat shoes. We catch eyes again. She has a solid stance and could be military. We exchange a knowing nod before I turn to the older couple in front, who are blocking me. The man is struggling with their case in the overhead locker. He could be a descendant of the Toltec, Aztec, or Mayan people, who are often short, but age has made him shorter. The couple look like they've been together forever, and I bet he used to get their case down with ease. A life partner in my line of work would have been a risk. Someone who could have been used to get to me. A weakness. Or is that just a feeble excuse for me to avoid real life? I'm no excuses now. I'm Mr. Joe Public. Off to join a cruise ship. I slide their case out and lower it for them. She offers me a grateful smile. Preoccupies, amigo, I say. They squeeze past a tall lady about my age. Her clear Spanish skin, 
vivid dark hair and clear eyes make it hard to judge her age. She laughs at me, and I'm captured by her beauty. What did you say? she asks. I said, no worries. No, you said worry, my friend, like you were going to kill them, she laughs. Ne te preoccupies, amiga, is what you should have said. Hombre agradable, hombre gapo gapo, the older lady says, understanding my error, but her husband moves away quickly. She catches my eye, then looks at a man still asleep in the window seat. I am confused. What is that? I ask my translator. He said thank you, she offers. I got that bit. I'm, I mean the other. Nothing, she says, smirking. She's holding back. My look demands an answer. She said you were handsome, very handsome. She's old, must be going blind. Her look demands I lift her bag down to return the favour. I've become a baggage handler. I was one for a while at Beirut International Airport when working undercover, before the attacks, before the name was changed to Beirut Rafik Hireri International Airport. If the sleeper is her husband, why doesn't she wake him? Why doesn't he lift her bag? No, she shows no connection and her clothes are far more expensive than his. They can't be together. I retrieve her case. Immediately, I know why she left it for me. It's very heavy. She guides me to rest it on her other-wheeled bag that she will pull off the plane. No wedding ring, but age spots on her hands. Maybe I should have offered to carry her case for her. It's not a foreign weapon, left in a jeep as an attractive keepsake. Cable to trigger pounds of nasty explosive? I should have tried harder. Maybe that's why I'm still single. But why has she three bags of hand luggage? Why does everybody have so much junk? I'm looking for trouble that isn't here. Perhaps she'll be on my ship. I ponder. But then again, why would guests be joining a ship here in mid-cruise? Being sociable... I lean over to wake the guy by the window, but he doesn't move. I touch his skin, and it's cold. He's dead. I've felt bodies like this before. It was good I found him and not the Latina sitting next to him. He's not young, but too young to die. The last time I touched a dead body, it was a child, spread-eagled on the street, and I was helpless. That child was one too many, and I knew I had to get out. I reach above him and press the button to call the attendant. There's nothing I can do to help him. There's a lot I could do to help the children living in the streets of Syria, but that was not why I was deployed there. The attendant arrives, against the flow of people, and breaks my wandering thoughts. He seems in a deep sleep. I hope he's okay. The attendant reaches over and comes to the same conclusion I did, but he doesn't want to engage in any kind of hysteria either. You can go, sir. I've got this, the young man says. It seems he is used to dead bodies as well. Next week, it's Halloween, and the ship always makes special cakes. Thanks for joining us this week. Please do check out Doris Visits, the YouTube channel, and the website. See you next Sunday. Bye. See you then.